Hello everyone and welcome to the new series of Coding Institute podcasts, Catching Coders. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. I'm a careers counsellor and the careers content executive here at Code Institute and I'm going to spend my time picking the brains of some of our wonderful students, alumni and even staff. I'm passionate about helping people explore their curiosity and I'm a huge advocate for positive, focused personal development and career well-being. I hope to create a positive, friendly and career-focused environment here that helps listeners relate and benefit from this career content. Career changers can tune in and use these stories to feel part of a community that are making similar decisions and have found solutions here at Code Institute. The journey of change and decision-making can be made much easier through hearing from those in similar positions, working through change and overcoming the obstacles that seem so daunting when you're facing them head-on. We want to help turn that doubt into motivation and success, especially as career changers. We are going to be joined by a host of guests over the next couple of weeks who will share their stories, tips, journeys and insights into their lives during the diploma, after Code Institute and their new life after taking the plunge. Thanks for tuning in and if you have any feedback, suggestions or even want to volunteer yourself to come on for a chat, please feel free to pop me a message on Slack. So I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Simon. I would be very surprised if any current students and alumni didn't know Simon already. Simon did the course back in 2017, 2018, and he has been a Code Institute member and an avid Slack user ever since. So he's definitely one of the OGs. Um, Since graduating, Simon has been on quite the journey, and I'm really looking forward to hearing all about it today. So Simon, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, Sorry, Simon. Been currently now, well, just employed we can we can talk about it later but yeah um <laughs> work as a solution engineer for a, a really amazing company called strappy so i work a lot with the community there and a lot of with their paid customers and maybe a mix of being a developer inside of it coming up with the creative solutions which is which is quite cool so it's really fun <laughs> <laughs> simon is actually a guest that i have been dying to get on to have a chat with because we'll get into a bit more later but like even over the last month we'll say Simon has done a 360 and you know all in good ways like it's it's a complete 360 but it's it's like happened for the best so before we get into that Simon I'm going to talk to you a bit first about your life before the diploma um so before becoming coder which probably seems like it never existed at this stage but what was your job slash profession yeah so to give a little bit of backstory uh I I started my own development company in 2011 when I kind of started my journey. I started out being just you know, that tech enthusiast, loving to play around with things. I had my own company, uh, willing WordPress website because that that was the cool thing back in the day. <laughs> uh, but that was kind of like just my part time hobby thing. Mm. And then I used to work in like a phone sales company, like selling phones and subscription, you know, like EE or Vodafone and go around mm. and yeah. You know. Uh, and then on the night times, I was kind of like you know building my own websites and learning my own skill and learning spaghetti code of PHP and stuff like that. Yeah, and then about eight years ago now, so 2015, I moved across to the UK. Uh, and that's kind of like where that story started because I then started to work as technical support for Google and HTC, more or less where people would call in and go like, oh, my phone's broken, it's smashed to pieces and it's all your fault and it should be all on the warranty. Um, where you would smile and say, of course, it's it's always our fault that you smashed your own <laughs> phone. But, you know, it's, it's that part. Uh, and then I, I found out that, you know, I wanted to be 
it's it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do. I'm very creative mind. I like to solve problems and sitting there saying, yes, my dear, of course it's my fault that you know your phone smash. It's not what I wanted to do. So I, I started to uh, apply for like developer jobs. Mm. Uh, I had a recruiter for doing it going like, oh yeah, you'll be super fit for a senior software developer engineer. And I'm kind of going, um, I I just want to go for like anything else with just a junior type of thing the the awkward thing with that and that's been like one of those first thing i met with a recruiter was mm. he referred me as a senior developer mm. even though i only didn't really have any type of proper experience as a thing because i've only been freelancing for it and i got in and it was the most awkward interview ever where you can't even answer the most basic of questions because <laughs> i haven't worked in that industry <laughs> with that thing uh so yeah and that that kind of triggered me to go into want to upskill and learn more into it and everything mm. so yeah it, it was it was quite the different things so I had some knowledge of it but still yeah. I still remember that I would sit there and go like JavaScript it's undefined and what on earth is I couldn't even read it I couldn't understand it mm. and I back in the day I remember it so clearly because it's a really complete 360 I absolutely hated JavaScript like I was the <laughs> demon glory of everything and now it's my main language that I can't get away from and it's like I also any problem in it <laughs> yeah oh god so like all your experience up until that point was just like self-taught like that was just things that you that's insane so like I know it's probably an obvious question but like what like spurred your decision to change careers like what made you realize that you needed that change and going from doing it as a hobby to actually upskilling and then going for these roles and stuff I kind of figure out that when I when I got looked at different jobs to do it, like like wanting to go down that route is one thing. And and I think the years from 2015 to 2023 has changed quite a lot. Like mm. I'm not gonna say it's easier to be self-taught, but it's it's one way of getting self-taught. Mm. Uh but it it it's all of those that it requires a lot of persistence. Do so you have to keep doing it? Um but the reason I wanted to change it was I wanted to get a deployment to just be able to because it was a new country right so back in Norway they're not too much they're very much like they want a master's or a bachelor and stuff like that for any type of job bear in mind back in 2015 it's not like the biggest in web development in that sense they wanted it mm. um but then when I got to the UK I was like I don't know this country if they are are they the same like they care about the actual piece of paper saying mm. that I know what I'm doing or are they more like the skills that you have and everything else so that's kind of like why I wanted to find something where I could upskill and actually have a deployment saying you know I feel like I've been quite lucky in the way that I did it because I I still had to do the debt and I had to do everything else and bear in mind that when I did the course compared to what it is now it's it's gone a lot like better in a way so for those that was around when I was there they will know for those that haven't then it was three projects it was no feedback it was like you had a year to finish three projects and that's it the feeling of sitting there and going like you do your first project and then you do start your second project but while you're learning second project you go back and think hmm I learned some new stuff maybe I should go change it so I had to tell myself like okay it's not going to be touched it's not going to be I'm not going to look at it I'm just going to keep going and yeah. that has evolved quite a lot when you go like why I like we talk about being a mentor and what I have seen it go from like three projects to four projects to five projects and it mm. gets better and better and better so yeah yeah I think that's the case with a lot of um 
not so much universities but like like things like the diploma and stuff like that like they are constantly evolving and they they do look at like what's in demand and stuff which is great to see like you said when you done it was three projects then it went up to four now it's five like who knows where it's going to be then in another couple of years which again growth is a good thing so but I'd say it's mad for you to be like mentoring students now and seeing how different it is for them <laughs> yeah I I checked some of my statistics so to to give a little bit of a fun side story of it I there was one other person back in the day before me that had been a student that became a mentor bear in mm. mind that the reason I also became that I had a little bit of industry kind of I don't know expertise you want to call it from mm. from self uh so to this day I found out that I have done well I'm well, today we'll actually finish because I have three students tonight when we talk about this. Uh, I have had 800 sessions oh, with students. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, I have had about 125 students over the course of four years and about 800 sessions. So when I kind of teach stuff, and for me being a mentor as well, it's still a learning curve because the course changes, every person changes, every project changes. Mm. But like I love with my students going is I, I have been around the block one or two times <laughs> just a few well congratulations on your 800 i'm oh. gonna say it already because that's <laughs> mental i hope to see that on the friday wins now and like <laughs> anyone that like is listening to this that isn't a code institute student or alumni it's something that we do on our internal slack channels um and on the general channel on a friday at a certain time we get a post being like, you know, share your Friday wins, like put something that happened to you during the week. And it could be something like I went for two walks this week down to I've just landed a new job. Like, and it's so nice seeing alumni come back, like staff coming in. But it's such a nice way to kind of reflect at the end of the week and be like, what what have I achieved this week? You know, and being grateful for even the smallest things. So it is it's a lovely little roundup at the end of the week. Yeah, no, I, I, I was going to maybe if I should put this, but I should also say that I I last weekend on friday so that's why this is going to be my friday win is i actually finished doing most of the nursery all the furniture for the nursery so i have a a baby boy on the way in june so i had my wallet feel that a couple of weeks ago like all the car seats and everything else and then but over the last weekend i actually finished like the wardrobe the changing table the bed and everything else and then just being a person that i'm very much like a technical person but i'm not mm. very like a handyman type of <laughs> cool type of person so to me sitting there in the friday go like i actually finished this room <laughs> with this thing it's it's a big win <laughs> no definitely uh, god you have such an exciting year like between starting the new job baby on the uh, way like big year for you yeah and 800 it's... sessions 800 mentor sessions as well it's, it's a year getting of better and better. Yes, I agree. Right. So Simon, we'll talk a little bit about your time during the diploma now and uh, like not so much a disclaimer, but disclaimer, like it has changed a lot since Simon done it. But I think it'll almost be quite interesting to hear you, how you felt during your time in the diploma compared to where it's at now, you know, because obviously all my guests so far have been in the last three years I'd say so again there are either four or five projects so but yeah so my first question to you Simon is what made you choose Code Institute? Yeah so I was actually researching quite a lot back in the day because uh, when I was doing it I thought like PHP was the thing of everything so actually when I when I researched and had my call uh, back in the day it was 
uh it wasn't learning people and things like that. it was actually like student gear actually had calls in that time mm. um and they were like oh yeah we're teaching python and javascript and html css and i'm gonna see and go like you know teaching php like why are you not like, like that was my question like why are you not doing it this way this is kind of like and i'm like i'm thinking python who wants to learn like javascript python like this is uh but like after taking the course it 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 changed it kind of changed my perception on it and a lot of people might think that python or javascript is things that they're just there for a reason but mm. it's actually quite a lot of big companies that use for instance django like instagram itself was built with django mm. i know when you think about it like people are just like oh yeah it's instagram i keep using it and they think like you you can actually build the same thing using what you're doing right now yeah it's it's kind of surrealistic but yeah so i i did that and then i started kind of like working uh when, when i did it to me the biggest thing was that i got a diploma i had something to show for it mm. there was not a lot of boot camps around in the uk and everything else in norway and in that part and i think uh code institute was very like uk ireland type of focus and then in 2019 ish it started and 20 it started to spread out to europe and us and everywhere so to us it was a very small community and when i was there there was about a hundred people on slack mm. and now it was eight thousand yeah so, yeah so yeah so but it, for me it was like having that community to talk with people and back in the day there was no tutors it was like mm. i was speaking to my mentor which shout out was Yoni, which used to be what the director of uh student care and, and mentoring and everything else and that's kind of like my role model when i did it back in the day oh my god I mean, yeah it's it's changed a lot so yeah no that, that's kind of like the biggest for me was to get that diploma uh, mm. but it was also to have a structured learning place because for me uh, and I like to be open, like when it comes to mental health and things, it's been like having ADHD, sitting and learning things on my own is one thing, mm. but having that part of a little bit of pressure for the deadlines and knowing that, well, okay, I had a year to do it, but I had to literally, being a gamer at night, I literally went to my friends and said, you know what, I, as much as I want to sit and play PlayStation with you guys, I, I have to finish this. Like, yeah. I have to be very nice with my wife and kind of say, I'm so sorry that we can't just sit and watch Netflix in that time because I have to study and get this done. Yeah. Once I have it done, it might change my life. And well, it did quite mm. to the good side. So it's, a, it's one of those things that it's been the biggest and best investment I ever done in my life. Like a lot of people might say, oh yeah, I can do it on YouTube and do everything on my own. Yes, absolutely you can. But yeah. you're not going to get the community and you're not going to get that structure of actually going it through in chunks on your own. You mm. will be uh, very much of like, here's the pile of books and code and everything else. And you pick what you want to learn and do it. And this is more like a structured way to learn it. So that's yeah. kind of where I picked it. Yeah. And like, it's funny you say that, like, you know, you want to sit and play games with your friends and you want to, you know, chill with your wife at night and watch Netflix or whatever. But having to discipline yourself that way and structure your days and give it all that commitment it is like that's a part of the learning in itself being like you know you will have to do this like when you get into like developer jobs and you know you get into that career that you really want that kind of determination and structure and stuff it will like that will benefit you like for the rest of your days you know it's a big yeah. learning curve i i tend to say this to my students that learning to be a developer it's kind of like going to the gym 
If you mm. want to do it eight hours every day, you're not going to get a lot out of it. You need to go to the if you go two hours, if you do it like eight hours on Tuesday and eight hours on Thursday, and then you chill for the rest, mm. you're not going to build those muscles if that's what you want to do, right? But if you go two hours to the gym persistently every single day, like Monday through Sunday, but just two hours, mm. you're going to see a massive progression onto it. And also just like going to the gym is some people like myself, uh, I used, like I said, to be a night owl. And after I started with the course, this changed me as well, because my wife is a nurse and she's up at like, excuse my French, stupid o'clock in the morning at 6am in the morning. Right. And bearing in mind that I'm in a night owl, I'm like, I wake up, at, like I go to bed at four. And I started, when I did the course, I said to myself, if she's a nurse and she can work 12 hour shifts down here and help people walk on her feet every single day, mm. I am going, because I didn't have a job at that time, I am going to sit and do that for like, if I can do eight hours, at least those times full time, that's what it is to be a developer. But what I found out was if I change my routine to when I'm most creative. So I found out that if I wake up with her, she would go to work. I will bring a coffee and then just go, okay, I'm going to do two hours of mm. as much things as I can, because that's when I'm creative. That's when I'm going to soak up everything. Like currently now, if I sit and have meetings, like, I don't know, three o'clock in the afternoon, mm. then I'm, my brain's like half shut off. I'm not going to, like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So I'm very much like the best, biggest tip I give people is find a schedule that matches what you are as a person if you're mm. a morning person and you're like you have to be up at eight because you have to get to work then wake up at six and do two hours before you do it. and people might say oh yeah but i don't get to sleep well move your schedule like if you go to bed at midnight move it to 10 then and then wake up two hours and because yeah. you will get a lot more out of those two hours when you're doing it and then when you might come home you can say to yourself oh yeah i want to net watch some netflix now or you can say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do like an hour now because that's a bonus i i did some math on this so i found out that part now the course is about 600 hours in the curriculum so that's mm. not taking the projects so if you do um two hours every single day now uh two hours every single day you do about 400 hours over the course of a year if you do three hours every single day so one hour extra you do 900 hours so that means you cut your course part to half yeah but in one hour extra so being a developer the biggest thing that i see that maybe students don't think about a lot is the mindset mm. everybody everybody can code everybody can do it everybody's going to go through the struggles but if you change your mindset to say like it's not it's a challenge now but i can do it later like mm. a lot of students will go into JavaScript and sit there like, oh, I give up. I have no clue. I'm, I'm not going to learn this. Or they're going to over-engineer it and just, I have to learn every single tiny little bit there is. That's that's the wrong approach. What you want to learn is just the basics because when you do the projects, that's when you're doing it. So the way I explain to them is kind of like when you build your projects, that's when you like, think of it like building Legos, right? So when you build your projects, that's when you start to pick out the tools that you learn mm. and what you have in your toolbox and stuff. But sitting and reading about the different tools, like let's say you're building a shed and you're like, oh yeah, I might need a chainsaw. I might need a hammer. I might need a jackhammer. Like, and then go mm. buy them. There's no point. Because if you build a shed and find out, you know what, I can actually do this with a hammer and a saw and that's actually what I need. Then you save a lot of time. And you also, if you find out halfway through that, oh yeah, you know what, it's easier to use a chainsaw because I saw some people do it on YouTube then go buy yourself a change. You'll have that in your toolbox yeah. because the next time you're going to use it, you will know that you can use mm. it. So it's a lot of like a learning process. Yeah. 
I know that's really good advice though like you know it's more of a a lifestyle change you know like that you changed your routines you changed your bedtime you changed the time you got up in the morning you you know and you structured your day to fit in the time that you needed to complete the diploma and it is like it's a commitment you're you're signing up to do this you know you're you're paying the money you're committing to the 600 hours and like that like going to the gym or like a diet it's like when you reach like your your goal it's like you still have you still have to keep maintaining it you know you don't just shut off then but I think that is like you said if you have to get up two hours for work to get some work in just go to bed two hours earlier that night or you know mm-hmm. different things like that and it will all make the big difference at the end I I think that we can maybe link this in the description I I have a I this is something not a lot of people know about me I have a motivational video that I watch once a month I'm not kidding. So we can link it out. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, motivation video from 2018. So we can link it in the description and whatnot later yeah. on. But one of those things that still sticks with me because I keep watching it every single month. I'll, I'll kind of give you a small gist from it is a lot of people, there's two things to being anything that you really want to want. Like, and that has been, uh, so uh, number one is like how you manage your time. Right? Mm. And number two is don't have a backup plan. And that sounds like really weird. Like people are like, but, 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 but I can't have a backup plan, right? Yeah. And I kind of learned it the other way and say, if you have a backup plan, so if you sit and think with yourself like, oh, I'm going to be a software developer, but if if that's not going to work, then, you know, I can do something else. Then you're going to spend time thinking about what you can do if you not want to be something else. If you say to yourself, I'm going to be a software developer and you don't have mm. anything to fall back on, then you will be a software developer because you were put in the time. Yeah. And the other part of it is people are thinking about, and I had a student that I said this to, and it was quite funny the way they replied to it because I, I kind of, he didn't know about the, the, the video, but I kind of like explained it to him because he said that he didn't have time. Mm. Right? And a lot of students will sit there because, you know, we have a life. You know, some people have children, some people have other responsibilities, we're all different. So so what he says, <clears throat> which is quite cool, so if, if we talk about it, I'll say to you and say like, okay, over the course, it's 24 hours in a day, right? So let's say you sleep eight hours. That gives us 16. We'll work eight hours. Now it's what? 12, 12 hours. Oh, 16 hours left. All right. So that's 12 hours. Right. Go. That's mm. the whole day gone. Now let's say you commute two hours, but no, let's say you're down to about eight hours. Right. And that's like commuting. And we'll take up an hour or two, like for eating and you know, all that kind of stuff. So now we have four hours left of the day. What do you do? Mm. like think about it like what do you actually do and you say to people like oh no i don't have time when i ask myself that my always answer is i do watch a lot of tv yeah like i do watch a lot of tv or youtube or anything else where you can actually then say well it's not that you don't have time mm. it's just like you're not actually making time yeah but then if we go back to what i said of changing my routine to do two hours in the morning then i already done it so mm. now I still have like four hours to do whatever I like. Yeah. So it's yeah. all about the mindset. No, yeah. and you're 100% right. Like it, you have to prioritize these things. Like I'm kind of one of those people that have my like non-negotiables where like I have certain days where I go to the gym in the morning. Like I always get up early, like definitely Monday to Friday. I get up at like between half five and six because I either go to the gym or I go for a walk or I just get something in before I start work so I'm like then I already feel I'm like okay I'm ahead I'm already ahead today and you know it changes my whole mindset for the day like I go into work and I start I sit down at the desk and start my day and I'm I'm not thinking about what I have to do then after work when I turn off the laptop at half five or I'm not thinking you know I can make a nice dinner or relax in the evening or do something that I want to do rather than being like oh well I have to do this because they're my non-negotiables so 
I changed my routine. Like yourself, I start getting up early, get it done before work. And then you just don't have to think about it after. Yeah, I want to cry some mornings when my alarm goes off and I don't want to get up. But I know I will want to cry even more at the end of the day if I'm like, oh, God, I need to go. And, you know, because like he, force yourself to try read code or solve a project yeah. your brain's like I can't take it anymore yeah, yeah. and like you true. said I have that like three o'clock slump I'm like I hit such a wall at three o'clock every day I'm like okay I need to go get like a coffee or I need to get up and stretch my legs or something because my brain is just like no your day is closing off now but yeah. and it, it's all mindset like you just need to keep reminding yourself that there is the time you just have to prioritize it and then you can fit in your your other things like your your wants not your necessities that kind of way yeah okay great we, we kind of divulged a bit so I know you said that like javascript was kind of your that was your mountain that was your struggle so like when you were going through the diploma like and from what do you remember like how did you find it like was it just javascript the trip you up was that the big fight for you or how did you get on I I found that bad if I if I retrospect and look back, it's not JavaScript as a language. It's putting on the hat of problem solving. Mm. And again, back to being a mentor for it, is what people struggle most with is that you go from your first project of HTML, CSS. Right? So what I say to people, it's it's two, maybe three out of 10. It's not hard. It's more repetition and you know building. And it's visual. You're going to look mm. at the website you're building. And then you hit the wall of JavaScript, which is like eight out of 10. And it's eight out of 10 because... It's completely new language. You've never seen it or spoken it or mm. understand how it works with a lot of like curly brackets here, there and everywhere and bananas. And like you just sit, it's it's literally Greek or Chinese. Mm. But it's also you have to put on their thinking cap of thinking logic. It's not how it looks, it's how it's work. Mm. And that is technically what I found out is the struggle for people. It's not actually understand what it's doing. It's to twist your brain into thinking logically at a problem and all the visually as a problem and the way mm. i said it against students is if you go if you are not a car geek and you go buy yourself a lamborghini or a whole car it's going to be like oh yeah it looks so beautiful and oh my god it has horsepower so i'll buy it mm. you and if you flip yourself around and have a person that is like a really car geek it's like oh, i can look as beautiful as i want but i want a muscle car so now i don't need a hyper car i'm just gonna have because the the how it actually works mm. is completely different it might look like absolutely horrendous thing but it's like three times as fast as lamborghini right and mm. all the people that don't think about that not logical that problem will go like well it doesn't look really nice uh well, well it works quite nice like yeah it, it's like exactly right and that was kind of like what made it for me was when i start to look at problems to solve them is i take every single little thing that i try to write or as code and i start to chunk it down to what is that one thing i'm trying to solve not what's the like i know that i'm going to make a game in javascript right and that's like the big thing of thinking about it mm. but then i start to think about what is that how do i check if they did the right question or the right answer right and what do i do for that problem now you kind of narrow it down to the smallest pieces of thing and uh, the way i kind of look at it is like if you build like a, a massive big lego set they don't give you like a big bunch of like, here you go. Here's like all the Legos for fun. Mm. They punch it up into small sections and chapters. And each chapter has its own little thing. And at the end, you kind of assemble the whole thing. Mm. And for me, the learning of JavaScript was, it was hard. And I found like Python was even harder. And a lot of people find it easier. And the reason was just indentation. And I found it easier 
per day to write JavaScript for Python. But I think that the biggest thing that I thought and kind of made it click for me is that I started to abstract the thing. I didn't say to myself, how do I solve this in JavaScript? Because the problem is in JavaScript. Mm. I start to ask, ask myself, how do I solve other problem? Because as a developer, it's you're just telling a computer what you want it to do, right? And it doesn't mm. really matter. And the way I say to people is kind of like if you say like, I don't know, a dog in English or French or German or whatever, it's still a literally a third leg creature, which is the man's best friend, like whatever the language you think, right? Mm. And if you abstract the way you're thinking about it and don't start to think at like what language to do it in, you're going to open a lot more doors because people might do it in, in you might find a stuff on Stack Overflow showing it how to solve the problem in Python. But then you can kind of look at it and go like, well, if they're doing like a for loop there, then I can do a for loop here. And the only mm. difference is kind of like some curly brackets and whatnot, but it's still the same way of solving the problem. Yeah. So abstracting the problem was kind of like what helped me solve it and start to look at it like I am very much maybe like what we call them language agnostic. So I don't really mind if it's Python or TypeScript or JavaScript or whatever the language is, because I don't look at it as a language. I look at it as a problem and how to tell the computer how to do what I wanted to do. Mm. And yeah. all that takes is practice. That's all it takes. Uh, uh, the running joke for being a software engineer is you're not comfortable with a language until you've written 10,000 lines. Mm. That's when you start to be comfortable <laughs> with it. So if you think about your projects and you've written about 500, you've got about you know 9,000 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Before you're comfortable with it. So yeah. So I mean, because obviously you know it goes without saying you're a mentor now you know you've been in the industry for for a good while now I'm sure you've gotten over your 10,000 lines code like tenfold but at that time and obviously with the way code industry was structured and there wasn't as much supports there are now but like what what helped you get through this like how did you overcome the struggles like you know what supports did you use like even afterwards like when you were finished the diploma and you were looking for jobs and stuff like how did how did that go for you? I used my mentor quite a lot. So bear in mind that back in the time, mentor and tutor support were one. So mm. it's, you can look at it and this standard as go to tutors. Rubber ducking, talking with another person and utilizing the community. Mm. Ask people question when I was stuck. Like a lot of students will sit and say, oh yeah, but I can I can solve that. I'm just going to literally grind through it. But if you, if you look at a part where we talk about the time management, what you're doing, then it's easier to say, okay, I'm going to give this 10 minutes and try to solve it. If I can't do it, then I'm going to spend five minutes just to Google. Mm. And that might give you some clues to what you're looking for, right? But if you still can't do it, then go on Slack. Ask people a question. Give people all the clues that you have found with all mm. the problems you have, because the less information you give people, the less of an answer you will get because a lot of people people are helping other people and spending time and a lot of people when they ask questions and i answer it it's kind of like if you give me all the clues and the question you have around it i can help you if you say hey i need help mm. i can't read your mind like what 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 do you need help but like yeah and then i have to spend 15 minutes of my time where i'm actually working trying to get the information from you so mm. it's a good tip is to just utilize the community but give people as much information as possible because 
people are not mind readers and if yeah. you give them information then people are more likely to be able to maybe type feminist break and google it themselves mm. and then people might say but what's the difference of me googling it and they googling it and the answer is the way you ask the question yeah right so yeah and like it's 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 as simple as that like providing all the work you've done so far and it's less work for the other person but you'll get you'll get to the solution quicker like and it's it seems like something that's so simple and like you do it anyway but like you said so many people don't and I think that's the thing about slack like I think that there are so many active users and the same names all the time but then there's some users that definitely kind of are afraid to ask questions or they're afraid to you know comment on something or or reply in a thread and I just I think slack is brilliant like and I'm sure you would agree you're still active on slack but yeah, so I, I've been here, what, what's it going to be now? 2017, so it's going to be uh, three, six, six years? Yeah, yeah. Six years of being in the community, right? And I think the biggest tip I can give to students, if you feel like they're like an introvert and don't like to ask them, don't, don't be afraid because like, like I say to students is, if you get to know one student or the community with one, and we can mm. kind of touch on this when it comes to one year role in that way. But if you start to know one person, so one new person a day will give you 360 people a year. 360 yeah. people a year is, and then you can say that those people might know a person. So now you're up to 20, for every single person you know, it will kind of like double, right? Mm. So if you know 360 people, then you will technically know about a thousand people by a year, right? Because mm. you, and that might be that the first person knows another person that might know a recruiter that might have a job that fits you, right? And all it started with was you just saying hello and good morning in Slack and keeping yeah. notes who you are. Mm. It's all it takes, but it's a massive, like when we get to it, it it's been a massive thing having a community and reach out and talk with people because mm. it's, it's the network of knowing people. So it's so like they joke about and say, like, all the rich people knows the right people. <laughs> well, if you go on the other side and say, the more people you know, the bigger the reach you have. And the mm. bigger the reach you have, the more information or messages you can spread out. Mm. But people are not going to spread that information out there if you don't show yourself. And nobody's going to butt your head. Like, a lot of people don't want to answer people's question because they might be wrong and everything else. Yeah. And what I tell people is, don't be afraid of, answering a person that you're not sure about because the worst thing that will happen is you were wrong and somebody will correct it but you learned something exactly right yeah and nobody's going to bite your head off for mm. for being wrong and then you either you will have two outcomes of answer a person's post and help another person one you will reinforce your learning because you were helping another person and people will see that you help another person so people are more like well we can help him he was or her that person was helping yeah or they might be the other scenario is like oh yeah they were helping people it was wrong but here's the information to make it correct and you learned something so either you either way you will win from it and all mm. it takes is like it's the internet you're always going to be kind of like anonymous with nothing on it right but then mm. it's step into the role of trying just get to know people like there is study group there is in it together and it's it's one of those things that just try at least say hello to one person a day mm. because it it will it can change your life all the different like we talked about yeah, yeah it's, it's quite much yeah no and like i think slack 
when I start working with Code Inch, that was my first experience at Slack. Like I'd never used it before. And I was kind of even, even though I, like I was staff, like I wasn't a student or anything. I was even kind of like that at the start, like, you know, not want to post or not want, even if I knew the right direction to point someone in, I was like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to step on any toes or now that I'm in there, I'm like, every morning good morning I'm like Friday wins hello and you know there's the neurodiversity channel there's the proud coders channel there's LinkedIn there's careers there's job alerts there's a channel for everything and like you can join as many as you want or you can you know exclude yourself from as many as you want but there's always an avenue for you to go for the type of question you have or even if you just want to get something off your chest there's always a channel that you can you can go to for that but it's also like we just said with the mindset right so if you're very much a person that don't like to do it challenge yourself to do it like yeah. get to know one person they answer one person and if you don't have anything because i don't know don't have time then just just say hello because mm. the next day is going to be easier and the next day afterwards is even easier and by the time you say hello i, I literally would challenge people to listen to it that is in slack go say hello and react to other people's mm. one time every day for a week and put that as a friday win because by that friday you're going to not have a single problem saying hello to people. Mm. And that's that's where it starts. It's one of those snowball things that when you start, it's really hard. It's like, it's a guttering feeling of like, oh, I, I feel like I don't really want to do it. Mm. But but that's where it starts because everybody gets that feeling when you start learning as well. And it builds upon the part that when you feel like you're stuck on your project and you don't like, oh, I don't know, can I do this and this? I have no clue. And oh my God, am I good enough? that's uh, people are afraid of the feeling but don't be because that's the feeling of learning that's the feeling that when you sit and feel like really really uncomfortable of writing stuff that's when mm. your brain is like soaking up all the information and think <laughs> about how good you feel like we've all been there you sit there and write like you write some code you write like three lines and it's, uh, it doesn't work right and you spend mm. like half an hour ago like oh it doesn't work nothing right and then you just I don't know, remove the semicolon and everything works and you're like, oh my God, yeah. it, was, it was just a semicolon. But then the next time you do it, it's like, oh, I'm really going to be really careful about semicolon, right? So you learn yeah. it, but it's really good. So my last question for this kind of section is, was the risk worth the reward? I, I'm going to say, yes, it was um, It was a life-changing moment for me. <laughs> I, I in, the, in the more funny joke of it, uh, when I did my course, bear in mind that I had no job when I was finishing my first project, kind of like what you would call a submission. So I kind of moved on to the second one. So this is when I did my JavaScript part of it. Mm. I uh, I started at that time because I, was, I wasn't employed and I kind of wanted to do something. So I started to kind of put myself out there very, very early. And I didn't get one job offer. I actually got two. I got to sit and pick which one I wanted. And that's kind of like what it started. Now, bear in mind that I was very early and I already had previous experience on it. Mm. So it's not like everybody's going to do it like that. Like that's the mm. way of doing it. But I kind of say to people that once you finish like your second, maybe third one, start to get out there, start, maybe have your own website, start, just be on LinkedIn, talk with people, communicate with people, because mm. There's not a lot of people going in and going like, oh, look, I'm finished PP5, where's my job? You mm. have to get out there. And the earlier you get out there, it's passively selling yourself for it. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that part of learning from Slack as well. But yeah, no, it, it, it has changed my life. I have gone from, in no way, I was very much on the opposite side, barely earning a lot or doing anything and working 18 hours to mm. earn quite the opposite of saying and being very comfortable and having flexi hours and flexi time and remote mm. working and everything so if i can do it everybody else can do it it's just the persistence of wanting to do it and not just 
maybe do it. You, you yeah. want to put in your mindset that this is what I'm going to do. And give it 100% and don't have a backup yes. plan. Okay, so we'll talk about life after now, the job hunt. And usually I have three questions that I ask, three or four questions that I ask my guests. But I'm going to do it a little bit different with you today because it's been such a journey. So I suppose first you could talk to me about landing your first job after the diploma and then kind of the journey you've been on since. And then most importantly, your journey in like the last month, like how that's gone down and how it's worked out so well for you. Yeah, so like I said, I I got um <laughs> I got offered two jobs uh, and I picked one of them and I picked the wrong one, like literally, and that that sounds really weird, right? Like I picked the wrong one, and and back in the day when I did it, not as a bragging thing, I like to look at like success in the way you earn mm. stuff. Like I started off like on I think it was around twenty, that's twenty twenty five ish was the UK, um, and the the biggest thing that I found out was the problem I did. And why I paid it wrong was there was no senior developers, no nothing. It was like one, like one senior, like one guy running the whole thing. Mm. And I was sitting there trying to learn from him as a junior. And he had about an hour a day availability to help me. And then I would sit like six hours between my thumbs. And that's not what you want to do. Mm. So I found another place. And that's where I started to learn Angular. So for those that like React, Angular, whatever, I learned Angular and I love it. And that had a really quirky, fun interview because a lot of people go into an interview thinking, oh, yeah, I absolutely butchered everything. I sat on that interview and I spoke with them. They really liked me. And I got the tech test. Bear in mind, I, I had never done Angular in my life, <laughs> like ever. And I never done TypeScript in my life, ever. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna do my best mm. because I like the company. Uh, and, they, and what they said to me is like, if you have any question at all, just ask. So I did. I just emailed them and say, hey, is this kind of like what I'm looking for? I found some documentation. I was looking at YouTube videos while I was being a to-do app with them mm. and trying like figuring out as I go. But I, I utilize to ask the seniors a question all the time because that's the important part. Like the reason a senior developer get paid more is not because we know more. It's to be able to help the juniors mm. grow. As a junior, you get a lot of those grunt tasks, but it's for you to learn. And then I, 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 I sat there and thought, God, did I butcher that test? Like, how how bad was that? Like, and they, they actually hired me. Like, they hired me. Um, oh my god! The reason they hired me was they loved that I was not afraid to ask question. Mm. When I said that I have only I have never done this before, I am more than willing to try. Mm. I have never done it, and I'm more than willing to soak up all the information that I know mm. by doing it. They were like, that is the junior. That's what we're going to do because we can help you and you can just write code and you sit with other people so you can learn where you go. Let's skip up like two, three of them. Uh, I had some other different jobs. So I've been really unlucky in finding a place to actually just stay. Mm. Right? I've always been like a year, just keep going. And either I was made redundant and then I got another place. Uh, and I've been just jumping like 10K every single time. So in a one way, it's really nice because the salary keeps going up. Yeah. But in the other side is you want to be able to settle down. Like for me now, having a family and you kind of want to go like, I just want to have a place where I can work and I don't need to be worried and mm. you know, life. So if we skip back to different type of jobs and different things, I've gone all the way up to being a senior and a lead developer. So a little bit of background. Um, I used to worked for Virgin Media as a mm. lead developer for a product they used, which is Strapi. And for those that don't know Strapi, it is like a headless CMS. So it's kind of like your, it's like 
Django kind of thing, mm. but it's in JavaScript known. Uh, but it's kind of like, I don't know, WordPress, Django type of thing. So it's more like a headless thing. You just have a backend running for those that want it. And then you can put whatever you want on the front and they'll whatever. So the easiest way to think of it is like WordPress, literally. It's kind of like that. Now, before that, a couple of years, I was using Strapi in open source work. I was, I was literally just spending my hobby time. Bear in mind, I've been mentoring. I was making some tools and helping out and fixing bugs and, you know, just, just working because it was fun. It was a challenge. There's a mm -hmm. bunch of people making issues. And I would look at one and go like, hmm, okay, how can I solve this? Oh, okay, well, you know, it doesn't look too bad, but I'll just spend an hour or two to try solve it if i can't do it i'll i gave myself like two days to try solve it if i couldn't or i didn't get anyway okay well i'll pick something else and try it again mm. um and then i go into strappy's community on their discord channel and i stayed a lot with them and i answered a lot of questions so i learned by using it myself just by being a developer just exploring everything and that got me higher into virgin media because they were looking for a developer that had knowledge of Strapi. So mm. when I come and go like, well, I've been using Strapi for about two and a half years now. So they were like, yes. Mm. Now, the, the reason I actually left Virgin Media after that was mental health. Like I, it was, it was so hard on my mind. Like I was, I was exhausted. I was burned out. I couldn't get like, like you were saying, go for a walk in the morning and stuff. I couldn't do that. It was always a fire. So I, I had another company called Luno that wanted to build me up. And it was that was in June 2022. And the reason I left Virgin Media was just mental health. Like I was so burned out. And Luna was like the complete opposite. Like mm. they, it was like people first. And when they found out that I was having a baby and everything, it's like, you just go. Like, like work will be here. You just take care. And and it was and I was working suddenly on the front end. So I've been on both sides of the table, yeah. working on the back end and databases and the front end and the UI. And then, well, like, as you have seen on my LinkedIn and whatnot, in, in January 2023, so I've been there for like nine months. I still remember it to this day because uh, the 26th of January, I think it was, I found out I'm having a baby boy. So I was posting on LinkedIn and go like, look, it's a boy, like mm -hmm. the best day of your life. <laughs> like, yes. The day after... Well, we got pulled in for a meeting that we have like once a month and we get thing and they go like oh yeah yeah 35 percent of you uh will have to be made redundant boom like God. so you can go from oh look i'm having a baby doll life is really great to mm. you're going to be made redundant and and that triggered me to go okay i can't sit like i can't sit and not have a job so mm. what i did is I made a post on LinkedIn. I contact my people on Slack. I was like everywhere, just literally, mm. no offense, in the start, I still remember it like that day when they announced it. I was a headless chicken, just like, let's go to war to like, where do mm. we go? And then I started to make a post on LinkedIn. And I found out that to this day, when it was posted, so about now a month afterwards, I had 5,000 impressions. I had... 155 people liking it i had was it 75 people that 75 to 100 people that actually shared the post it, right? the engagement on it was insane it was so good it, it, exactly it was crazy actually i'm looking at the wrong one when i was talking about it. i had it was more crazy than that because i had about 5,000. i had about 100 people sharing it and whatnot mm. like it was 
people were really helping. And that was people from Code Institute. That was my previous students. That was people I was working with. Everybody started to share it. And, and I got contacted by the first week. What, what that kind of headless chicken, what do I do type of thing? And like, where do I start? And do I go and read and apply? And what do I do? Mm. Turning to be literally a full-time job of having to answering recruiters here, there, and everywhere. And I thought, okay, well, I haven't used React a lot, but you know, coming from an Angular world, so it's a little bit like new, but I'm going to head on because there's a lot of React jobs. So I'm just going to, I'm going to adapt. I'm going to, mm. so I just spent the weekend going like, okay, well, let's just, and this this built upon going to chat GPT. And that sounds really weird because a lot of people use it for like, like generating code. What I use it for is give me, summaries or explain things to me like i'm five years old so i was trying to do like build my own new portfolio mm. right but what i couldn't grasp with react coming from angular is all the life cycles all the different ways you're writing it and, and it's, it, i could not get my head around it and i just said to chat gpt explain react to me like i am an angular developer mm. right and he goes, like, oh, yeah, so if you're an Angular developer, you have stuff like ng on the init and ng on the stride, blah, 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 blah. And the same thing is that in React, that is like set timeout and it's ng on the oh, like, And I would just go like, my mind was like, oh, click. Like, oh, yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So now instead of going to recruiters going like, I don't want React because I don't really know it, I go to them and go like, well, you know, I, have, I don't have a lot of React experience on it. I'm more than happy to, you know, change and solve into it. Now, what happened from that post was, bear in mind now, this points us to the community. The CEO of Strapi had seen my posts and it was a lot of internal discussions about it. And they knew that I had been what they call uh, about March a year ago. I was promoted to be a Strapi community star, which is kind of like an ambassador. So it's kind of like for the people that are listening, uh, like a channel lead and whatnot. Mm. It's people that have done a lot for the community. They kind of knew me at Strappy in that point. But but what they said is they they kind of had a discussion that they the UK was closed and they had an opening for a solution engineer and whatnot. And and so what they did was they internally referred me. And then I still had to go through the whole same process and everything else. Mm. But the country, UK, was closed for actually being hired. Mm. Um, and then it was a lot of back and forth and everything. It was a lot of waiting and that was like three weeks of like meetings here, there and everywhere. I, I went for an interview with Cambridge University. Uh, I went for an interview with, uh, I think they were called A-Plan Insurance. I actually mm. got an offer from them. So that was like a lot of meetings with a lot of things. Like three weeks later, I, I had two offers and they went down to A-Plan Insurance or Strappy. Now Strappy started off to say, well, we can only do contracts which is a little bit bad because if you're looking for houses and everything mm. else, then that doesn't really look very good. And and one of the biggest things that I found with Strappy is by, for me, but it's kind of like the Slack community here. It's kind of like family, right? Because I know 30 people from there, like half the business by first name. And you know. mm. and then they, they actually opened it. They actually made it work. And I'm actually now a full-time Strappy employer as a solution engineer for them. And... They just opened the door for me for just starting off, just helping out with their own. And, and it's such an amazing company. So one of the coolest benefits as like a parent to be mm. is like in the UK, you get, I don't know what it is in Ireland, but in the UK, you get two weeks parental leave. Mm. Uh, a plan was like, yeah, you don't even get that because you have to be there for six months before you get it. And Strappy is a very, very people first 
company. We're fully remote. Like we don't even have an office. They're based mm. in France and US. There is no, like I work from home or technically like we to say I work where I have internet. So whatever I want to go um, in flexi hours as well. So it's quite a benefit. But the biggest thing for me is starting as a parent, what they offered me was to kind of say, you know, helping out and doing a lot of things and whatnot. And one of their benefits is they feel like there's a mission to be like a parent and everybody should spend time like people first. Mm. So I got um, 16 weeks fully paid parental leave. Oh my God. And, and it wasn't like, oh, you have to be here for six months, whatever. It's like, there you go, done, start. So they already know about it. So it's, oh, wow. it's crazy. So when the other company goes like, it was more money compared to a company that I know for three years and 16 mm. weeks and whatnot with little less money. I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm going there straight away. Yeah. Because I know most people. And it all started with me literally just engaging with people and talking with people and mm. helping people. Right. And I, it got me a job. It literally, that company has got me two jobs. One as an external, like one of their customers mm. and one as an actual solution engineer and as a solution engineer is quite fun because i interact with the community mm. i get to use my expertise to help them but i also get to help new customers and paying customers and coming up and this is why i kind of find like i'm, I'm still a developer but it's still a little bit more like customer services type of thing so it's a little bit more like emails and stuff like that but mm. what really makes me fit into that role i think when i was talking with them as well is i get to sit and take the knowledge that i have and show a company that I really love and a place that I really, really, really want to stay. And I've been there now for a week and it's, I have never been happier. Lost my job technically from the 10th of February. It's mm. like when they was made redundant. Yeah. 6th of March, I started in Strapping. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, they, and when people go like, how do you do it? And I'm just going to say it's the power of community. I didn't apply for a single job. I didn't go on any read or upload a CV or any place. Mm. I got headhunted on LinkedIn. And well, technically I got internally referred as well, but mm. I got headhunted because people were sharing my story and my, who I was and what I was doing. And I got the reaches out just by knowing a bunch of people. Like it all starts with getting to know people and have a mindset. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, I love that. I love that, you know, the parrot community, you were in that community before you were even like, like years ago before, like Strappy was even in your sights of wanting to be employed there. You were familiar with it. You People knew you, even though you didn't technically work there. And as well, you put it up on LinkedIn, all your connections, everyone that's familiar with you saw that it was on Slack and you just, you used your network. You like all those years of helping other people and expanding your connections and your network and stuff like it all came down to that and the fact that it was such a quick turnaround and it's in a company that you really and truly love and that you're happy with it's like not to sound so cliche but like everything happens for a reason I'm like had you not been made redundant you wouldn't be sitting here today you know really happy with 16 weeks rental leave coming up and you know just content like it's it's insane it's been it's been really really uh, like for me strap is been a dream company not because of the benefits but just because they're people first and what they do like mm. you want to be in a company where you feel like you're aligned with what they want to do so i have seen strappy grow from 
100 GitHub stars to 50,000 GitHub stars mm. with Series B funding and everything else, right? And uh, for them to then kind of put that extra mile to kind of go, okay, well, we can't actually do it, but they just want to do it because they want you. That's that shows like yeah. what an amazing company they are. I I had a I had a look because I gave the wrong data for my post. So I found out that it was 9,800 impressions on that LinkedIn post. It had 76 reposts and a hundred reactions. Oh so my god. It reached, so if, if you think about it, that's 10,000 impressions, that's 10,000 lines of code. So now I feel comfortable. Now. Just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the idea that I got into an amazing company that I really, really, really love and adhere. Mm. And they are feeling just the same as me. It's mm. It's been for us, it's kind of been like, bear in mind that I'm, I'm starting in a company and there's a lot of people I don't know. But what I've been doing is kind of like I having coffee chats with people and meeting with people and talking with people. And you you feel like the biggest tip I will give anybody if you ever apply for a developer job, especially as the junior, there's two things. Number one is the way you pitch yourself. So mm. when you pitch yourself as a junior, don't say if they ask you what experience you have, don't say, oh, yeah, no, I don't really have anything or whatnot. Right? That's the wrong thing. The goodest, the coolest approach that I said, I, I had a student that did it because I did it like a little bit with him and he actually got hired into it. And I, what I, he said, so, so the way I formulated it to him is to say, if somebody asked me, like, so, so what commercial experience do you have? Bear in mind, you're fresh out of it. Yeah, nothing. And I said, you know what? I don't really have a lot of commercial experience, but I do have had a year now with a bootcamp. Uh, I learned HTML, CSS, JS, Python, Django, Bootstrap, Flask, like, so those seven things, it took me a year to learn. Mm. Uh, I know you were using React. So how long time do you think it's going to take me to learn React if I'm doing just React for you guys mm. for three months, every day, eight hours a day? If I can learn all those languages in a year, think about how mm. much I can learn for you guys. Now you're putting yourself in the position that you want to learn. And that's that's what they want in a junior. And the kind of like the second point of it has been that, when you start as a junior, never be afraid to ask questions, ever, because that's what we want. Uh, I have done a lot of interviews on the hiring side as well, and a lot of the things that I like to do, has, I, I've done two tech tests with people that I like to do to see how they think, and one is called the impossible test, and, and it's literally what it is. So I will go, and I will have a website from a design that's like a fully blown website, like, mm. and I know doing it, it's going to take me about two, three weeks to do it. So then during that, I'll sit with the chat with them and I'll say, you have an hour, build it. Right? And people are like really frantically doing anything. And that's what I want. It's not to scare them. It's mm. I want to see how they're solving it. Are they doing the tools? Are they looking at the like thing? Are they asking me questions? Mm. Right? Because I know that you can't do it. Like I know that for sure you can't do it because it's going to take me three weeks to do it. You don't know that, right? But it's the stress levels of looking at how are you trying to solve problems mm. while being in the unknown. And then the other one is a lot of people get those tech tests like build a to-do app and stuff like that. And I don't really like them. So what I do is I build a to-do app and then I purposely break it. Like I I, I, I put in commas and misspell things and change the <laughs> import stuff. And like I, I just like break it apart, right? Mm. Because every anybody can technically build a to-do app, right? 
But if you're going to prove your knowledge just by showcasing how you would debug and go through the code, mm. like fixing it, that's how you're learning, right? Because you're going to, oh, yeah, I don't know. Let's say you had an H tag with href. I might make it an RF instead of a href, right? So then you need to spot the small little things that you change. Mm. And then at least if you use TypeScript stuff, like you have like the linter like in Python and TypeScript going like absolutely bananas, like everything is wrong. And then you fix one thing and then that goes like, oh, you fixed this, but now this is a problem. See what I mean? And it, and it showcases the way of people just walking through step by step and keep your head calm while doing it. Yeah. And showing yeah. your workings rather than, you know, rather than trying to get to the finish line, you know. Yes. It's I not think a race. Yeah. And that's really good advice. Like we, we actually ran um, a session yesterday. And one of the questions we got asked was like that this this person has an interview this week and they got given a tech test and, you know, they're afraid that they're going to fail it. And like the best advice and it's been given on, on the podcast, Neil and my seminars before is like, don't not try because you think you can't do it. It's like, give it your best shot, show your workings, even if it's if it's not working at the end or if you think you failed show them anyway and just be really clear with what you've done and how you've gone about it. So I'm going to give an honest thing. And this was me getting into straps and we'll talk about it. Right? Yeah. So what happened was I had to do a tech test because everybody gets it, regardless of what it is in the position, that is like part of the formalities. Mm. And I, I was, I was pretty sick at that time. I like, I, I was like, I had to lie down and the headaches and mm. I did not feel well. I lost my voice and everything. Right. And then sitting and doing a tech text over two days is like, not really what you want to do. <laughs> And then I sat there and they, they're using REST, React, GraphQL, JavaScript, everything else. Now, bear in mind, I have a little bit of knowledge that I use GraphQL and REST, like the backend type of stuff. So the task was certain things to build certain things with GraphQL and stuff. Bear in mind, I haven't really pushed a lot into GraphQL. So I emailed them and I said, I am so sorry, but I don't feel like I can finish this whole thing either in the timeline or with this, because I feel like when I'm doing it, I'm getting too much problem. And I spent like five hours just getting it to run. Mm. Uh, is it okay if I just use rest? Because I know that that's one of the stacks that you are using. That way I can at least try to finish the test. Yeah. And they were like, that's absolutely fine. Right. So I owned up that I didn't have those skills that they might look for. But I mm. said to them that that is one of those things that I am currently now upskilling it, right? To, to be better at it and learning from other people how to build on it. And then I got to the second part, which was the React part. Bear in mind that I did not feel well. Like I was like, I, I had to sleep for like four or five hours. And I said to them, I know that we are, you know, scaling up and, you know, like timeline and whatnot, and you can push it, but I have like emails coming over and the whole life is going to change for doing it. I am just going to say that I am so sorry. I will throw in a towel on that test. It might be bad for me, but I'm just going to be straight up honest to say I do not have the capacity to try to do it. But here is like kind of like the halfway test of what I did. Yeah. Yeah, was fine. So maybe I, how I kind of not play by exactly the rule book of what they were doing, but I was honest with them about it. And one mm. of the biggest things they have with them is transparency. They want people to be honest. That didn't stop me from getting it. Right. So bear in mind, I, I absolutely butchered the whole test. <laughs> but the idea was I tried to finish it and I was mm. open and honest with them of trying to finish it. And that's the idea, because as a company, we can teach you any type of tech stack. Mm. but We can't teach you to be open and honest and tell us like I say to some students that 
if you work in a company with a team and let's say your whole boat sinks and you're floating around by, if you don't scream for help, you're going to be 100 miles down the street, right? And now they figure out, oh, oh <laughs> we, we lost the man down. Right? We have somebody. So now they have to go 100 miles back to pick yeah. you up, right? But if you were like one mile down the line and start to shout like, I need help, mm. team's not going to bother for one mile. They're going to go, oh, sh- man down. Let's let's go help him, right? Mm. It's no I in team. So the earlier you ask for help in a team, the easier the team will always be there to pick you up. Like mm. for me, it's been like the same thing in Strappy is not about the titles, not about the people. If I want to, I, I sat down yesterday and had a coffee break, half an hour chat with the CEO just because we want to have a chat and learn about him and me. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's all about people and all about the mindset. So whenever you go for a job, make sure that you, it's a place that you want to be and it's, you know, something for you. Don't, yeah. don't undersell yourself being a developer. Don't say that, oh, I'm just new, so I'm just going to do it. You can do anything. The only thing it takes is a lot of effort and a lot of doing it. Like like we said before and back to the loop of it is if you go to the gym and you really want to be fit or you really want to get muscles and everything else, the only thing that works is mm. persistence and repetition. You just have yeah. to do it over and over. And if you say to yourself, oh yeah, but I can't do it. Of course you can't do it. You just told you, you just told yourself you can't do it. If you say to yourself, I don't care if it's going to take me a week or a year or a month, but this is my goal and I don't have a backup plan to fall back onto it. Mm. You will do it. Yeah. But everybody is different and everybody's learning experience is different. And a lot of students will look at other students going, oh, that's such a good person. This person must be super good at what they're doing. Like, mm. Oh my God, how can I compete? It's not a competition. They, if we, all you know, they have like like me had like ten years previous acknowledging HTML CSS, right? And there's no point for us to kind of like go like, oh yeah, I, I know how to do it. The only difference is between let's say me as a mentor, or not even as a mentor, but me as a person, and maybe a student of mine that's doing HTML CSS doing their first project, mm. and they might think that I do it really quick and really fast. The only reason for it is I've done it about ten thousand times more times. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like second nature. Same with commits, right? When you I, I see this a lot of students, you start off with your first project and everybody hates committing stuff. They absolutely like who wants to do this thing? Mm. It's it takes so much time and so effort, right? You get to the second project. So I I with my students kind of force them to do it. So I kind of set my challenges with them, like, okay, 20 commits just for the reaping, right? Mm. But by the time they get to the second project, they I have never heard people complain about committing. They just commit, <laughs> they just do it, right? Because it becomes like the second nature thing. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You just have to keep persistently do it over and over and over mm. again. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Simon, you are brilliant. I have to say, I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing all about your time with Code Institute beforehand. You know, the last couple of weeks, and like, obviously, like hats off to you. You really. You've nailed it. You have a great year coming up. The new job, baby on the way, everything in between. So a massive congrats on that. Um, thank you. And thank you for all the the advice and insights and tips and tricks. Um, and I suppose if you've listened to the podcast before, you will know that I'd like to finish off on a bit of a quick fire round. Um, it's six questions, really straightforward. Well, I don't think anyone else thinks they are, but <laughs> it's just to finish off on a lighter note and for everyone to kind of, get more of a feel for you as a person but so are you ready for your quick fire round let's let's go for it 
Right. Question one, what is your death row meal? Oh, Jesus. I, I, I would actually pick two, but that's that's kind of like not allowed, is it? But um, <laughs> I, I, I guess that, so, so for me, it would either been a taco or tacos or a proper, proper Chateaubriand. Like it, because again, Chateaubriand is actually two, um, not sirloin steaks, but like you know proper steaks. Yeah. So, so if I say a Chateaubriand, at least I get more food. So yeah. that's, that's a good thing, <laughs> and it's a steak. So then you know I would have a full tummy afterwards. So yeah, Chateaubriand, I would go for with a nice Bernays sauce. Yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be a nice. Yeah. Nice, nice choice. Nice choice. Um, uh, question two what is your favorite season right oh, that's that's been like one of those really hard for me to say so coming from Norway Norway it's always a lot of snow and cold weather um but I'm more I think I'm more of a spring person I I really enjoy going in a car go for a drive still remember let's say April-ish uh, well March April maybe early May Mm. and just roll down the window put on some music and just go for a drive for an hour and just let the fresh air and the nice weather just shining yeah yeah that's gonna be me I enjoy that yeah so you're you're in your prime at this time of year yeah exactly (laughs) that's why it was a three-week turnaround (laughs) (laughs) um question three have you ever met anyone famous oh yes yeah, yes, I actually have. So, well, it depends on where in the country you technically have. So, uh, my grandfather, I'm going to say, so my, my, they weren't married, but let's say grandfather in that way from my mm. grandmother. Uh, she was uh, together with Evil Capino. So, if you're from Scandinavia, you might have heard of, it's Norwegian and called Floor Cliff Grand Prix, which is in the English term for everybody else is called Pinch Cliff Grand Prix. It's, it's a Norwegian, like, I'm going to say, like, uh, you would call it like an animated doll movie type of thing. Mm. He made it back in 1970s, right? So the weird part with this is in Norway, it was like a really big hit. Like, like and it's been a tradition in Norway since the movie released that every little Christmas Eve, so 23rd, they play that movie mm. like, every single time. There was a whole car that's made where he after the movie he built the actual car like in full size mm. uh, so if you google pinch click grand prix you will find it but evil company was there so he when we talk about meeting a famous person he was knighted whatnot so you know he's a um like a director of all those he made a lot of small like fairy tale short clips of animations mm. um but yeah i would say he was quite famous Oh my oh. god. Okay, so you've officially blown that question out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely the coolest answer we've had so far. That's insane. Um, but it's so funny like when you're a kid, you don't you don't even take these things into consideration like fame and wealth and money and all that kind of stuff like it doesn't even cross your mind. You're just like, "Oh yeah, that's him. Like I've known him my whole life." But me, it was normal. Like, oh, now that all the other questions seem a bit pathetic, but <laughs> I don't question- know, go for it question four what is your favorite animal so does pokemons count like like oh, is that... no no okay okay so we were talking realistically animals i, I was talking like since we have uh, like uh, i actually but, noticed uh, that. yeah yeah uh for those that are listening i i have a massive gengar uh tattoo on my arm but yeah no 
I would say like a dragon maybe, but dragon is not really an animal. So I'm going to say actually a rabbit. I, I do have a rabbit. So yeah. I think like a rabbit is kind of like my, uh, my animal. If we talk spirit animals, I think it would be more like a dragon, but you know, like realistically it would yeah. be um, a rabbit. I know. I think that's the first answer to that one we've had anyway. Uh, so question five, what scares you? Oh, I don't know. There is, that's a really good question to to think if i if i'm really honest with myself and think back there's there's a lot of things that will always scare you like the mm. unknown and everything else but that's kind of like everybody would do i might say that if i really like put myself to it i'm not gonna be it but if i kind of like go into heights it always gives me a little, little shivery, yeah. like <laughs> uncomfortable feeling like yeah just standing on the railing and just looking down going, okay you know what i'm not gonna lose my headphones because that's what i'm thinking about type yeah. of, can i move away but i think like maybe heights in like it's it doesn't really need to be high high type of like to make yeah. it really uncomfortable but i'm not gonna say that it's not a lot of things that make me scared but i'm gonna say that stereotypically heights is where it kind of can make me a little bit more uncomfortable more yeah. than usual yeah <laughs> okay great and last but certainly not least what is your favorite song oh i have too many i have oh jesus do i have i i can't even say that i have one it's to make it uh, easier I've, I've i've done this a couple of times because it is quite a hard question but like say it's a so your favorite season is spring it's a spring day you've just had a great day in work you finish up the weekend you're going for a drive it's a beautiful day outside everything's gone really well what song are you putting on I, I think that I, I, I have to split it in two depending on my mood. Right. But, well, let's let's split it into it. So, so let's say from what I was saying, like rolling down the window, go for a spring drive. Yeah. I would full blast. Um, it's a Brian Adams summer of '69. What if a you're, tune. If you're in like in the mood, if you're in the mood to drive, if I'm a little bit more like modern rocky type of thing, uh, I would actually have said Sash with Primavera. I don't know if you heard it from Sash. So that's a good old fashioned 90s techno song. Yeah. That is like, that is so my, like, I, I, I will have to focus on the mirrors because I will relax too much. And be like, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. No. <laughs> Sash from Primavera, I think will be maybe the like proper spring roll down blast yeah. tunes, put it on the repeat and drive type of thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, now everyone, you have to go listen to those two songs and see what you think. I think it's a it's a given at this stage. But um, look, Simon, thank you so much for joining me today. And, you know, like I said, best of luck with everything in the future and best of luck in the new job and with the baby and everything else. And I'm sure I will be talking to you again. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will have already spoke to you or maybe they might be, you might be their mentor soon or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, it was it was a really great podcast and I can't wait to listen back on it now. And it's probably going to be the longest one yet, but I think it's it's too good. Like the content and your advice is too good to be able to shorten down. Like I just I think people will enjoy it as well. And, and there's no doubt that everyone that listens to this will take something away from it. So thank you so much. And thank you very thank much you for to our listeners. Me. Yeah, no, no worries. I look, I, I love having new people on. And funnily enough, this is my first time actually speaking to Simon like face to face now. It's over Zoom, but like, you know what I mean? Any other time it's just been on Slack and stuff. So yeah, it was it was really good to hear your story firsthand and, and get to know you a bit better. So thanks, Emil. <laughs> And look, thank you everyone else, uh, all our listeners for getting this far. Um, I really appreciate it. And yeah, we will be back soon with another episode. I hope you'd enjoy it. Talk soon. Bye.